Amen. You can feel it. The war is all around us. Father God, you are our shelter, our protection, our deliverance, our wisdom, our counsel in the midst of this war. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to complete the work that you have begun in us, Lord God, for we are your workmanship created for your pleasure. I thank you, Lord God, for each one who's listening today. I pray that you draw them near to your heart. I pray they'd feel your comfort, your peace, your safety, your shelter, that you drive the spirit of fear out of their minds, out of their hearts. Lord God, that that spirit that's trying to, to divide us and separate us from you, Lord God, that you will remove it from us and that you will put in its place great faith and wisdom and counsel, assurance, strength, comfort. Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for us, who took our place, who secured our salvation. Lord God, and you've also given us power over all the power of the enemy. And I thank you, Lord, that you've given us a power to cast out demons, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. I pray that we'd begin to start using these powers and seeing the effect of the miracles, the, the grace, and the power of your outpouring upon us, Lord God, that the great awakening is an individual awakening, that you'd wake us up, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus, for the divine promises that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Lord God, and all of those who rise up against us and contend with us will be brought to naught, Father God, because of your faithfulness, because of your word. I ask you now for your wisdom, your guidance, and your truth as we understand and look into um, getting your your guidance, being guided by you, Lord God, in these times. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, it's, you know, we've got the advent of the GPS systems now, and uh Holy Ghost guidance? Yeah, and that's something that <laughs> the people that I remember people used to read roadmaps. Some of you don't can even yeah. relate to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a fold up paper roadmap, and you look there and you find your place and your highways and everything like that. Now it's a GPS system, mm-hmm. and so people are, are I kind of depend upon that for mm-hmm. guidance as far as you know driving, finding getting places, directions. addresses, mm-hmm. getting directions, and so forth. But God has promised to guide his people. And, uh, you know, and sometimes we think, oh, it's just some big mysterious thing and and so nebulous and, uh, you know, to get yeah. God's guidance. But yeah. it's it's actually very basic for us because God has a plan for us mm-hmm. that that he unfolds. He, he has ordained certain works beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, in Ephesians right. two eight through ten, right. so he's got a a plan, a purpose, and he has committed himself to guiding us to fulfill that purpose. Yes. So, really, God is for us, and, and he's not just trying to keep well, secrets from us. He he wants us to know yeah. his will. And to start out here today, Proverbs chapter three verses five and six, he says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart." And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So we approach God's guidance, first of all, by putting our trust in the Lord with all our heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Now, God gives us understanding, but don't depend on your human understanding. 
in all yes. your ways. In, in other words, in all your decisions, in all your plans, uh, day by day, major plans, small decisions that you make, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Say, Lord, what do you want here? And he shall direct your paths. He shall make your paths straight. Yes, exactly. Um, well, you know, it's like our path, our life. Our life is a path. Our path is our life. And a lot of people flounder on the path and they don't seek God's guidance because they really don't have the first basic questions. Maybe those questions haven't even come occurred to you yet. Um, or maybe they have and you've sloughed them off. But so many times we, uh, you know, we go, if you, for example, if you're going to go on a trip, can you imagine going on a trip that you haven't planned at all and you don't know where you're going? You don't know what your goal is, your destiny. Um, you're just on this trip and you, you, there's no planning. There's no goal, objective. You know, you're just uh, floundering through life bouncing here, bouncing there, whatever feels good, do it. You know, whatever happens, occurs on the path, take advantage of it. It's just pointless and without a purpose. And I believe that this is not the destiny of the human being. Um, we're not like just rabbits who hop around here and there. We God has got, he said he's faithful to complete the work he has begun in us. God is working with us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. But we have to cooperate because he's not going to force us to take away our free will. Yeah, we're not just here to say, well, I think I should do this, or I think I should do that, or this is what people are saying. Uh, you know, the opinions of people, mm -hmm. uh, lies that come at us. See, there's all kinds of voices, right? Sorting there's all it kinds out. of mm -hmm. uh, influences upon us to get us to say, oh, you know, buy this, go here, do that, be this, you need be this. That. Yeah. You've got to have this. Yeah. So all this is coming at us, right? So sometimes we kind of just go with the wind. We're kind of like a a feather in the wind and we just yeah. kind of blow with whatever whatever the world is, is telling us to well, um, do, it, where to go, what to think. We, we, we don't have the basic paradigm. We don't have the basic understanding of life at all or the spiritual warfare that engulfs it or the war that goes on inside of us. So we're really at a disadvantage until we come to the Word of God because the Word of God is the only stable absolute. It is the, you know, the expression of truth through Jesus Christ, through the words and, and um, experiences of the people, not only of the past, uh, but God's experiences with them. And God, it, it really reveals to us God as well as ourselves. And so with, without that guidance, without that true word of God, without that stability, we're thrown into this snake pit of life where the rules are really only one thing. It, it, you're defined by what you do. And so we've got to do something to be something. And, and so people are busy under this snake pit pressure of accomplishing um, or, or, or completing. Uh, but, but here, look at the pit. There are more than enough rules, complications, and options. There are nations and cultures and creeds and ethnic groups and diversities and, discern and, and divisions and expectations and pressure and to perform and produce and punch the time clock. It's all... It's all so uh, divided up. It's also full of division and confusion. Because if if I don't know who I am in the midst of all this, I can go any one of a hundred thousand directions. It, it, all these influencers are trying to uh, create our identity, to conform to do, us to, to our mm -hmm. identity. In in Romans twelve, 
verse 1, it says, uh, verse 2, I think, do not be conformed to this world. In other words, Mm -hmm. don't let this world, the lies, the influence, the influences, pour you into their mold, Mm -hmm. shape you. So so they're trying... the world, we're created in the likeness and image of God. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and, and God has this holy purpose. Divine plan. A, a great plan. But then everything... Um, well, was, Satan is trying to redefine us through the world. He's trying exactly. to, like you said, redefine, reshape us. Redefine us, reshape us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause us to lose change. our identity, lose the, the value of who we are, lose the, the, the insight into our relationship with God, just lose our way. Right and lose so our life. If, he, if if Satan can mess up and and get us a, give us a false identity, he can wreck our destiny. Right, and most people are so, so sad. That's why people are so sad, and I think anxious because their whole life to to uh, work deal with this snake pit, not realizing that there there's a rock in that pit called Christ Jesus, and you can stand on that rock and be safe and solid. But they they're under the pressure and the expectations of. The world around them, whatever culture, ethnic group, whatever society they were born into, to fulfill certain expectations, rules, pressures, and they have to perform. And to perform, we have to produce. And then we we have to punch that time clock and be like, most people are like punching a time clock that, and they're working for peanuts to pay for a place they don't like to do something they hate. You know, what's that? Yeah. Is that a life you want to live? Right. Uh, is your is your not your life of more value than doing everything all your life that you hate and feel bad about doing? I mean, it's you know we're built by God, so even the fact that we're in the snake pit full of snakes and 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 sin uh, and doing things we don't want to do and feeling guilty for sinning, that's against our divine nature too. I mean, everything here is just simply what what is God's purpose in in His will for us here. Paul, at the end of his life, said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now think about finish the course. Mm -hmm. There was a course that God gave him, Mm -hmm. and he walked through that course perfectly. It wasn't easy. He was greatly persecuted. He was greatly misunderstood. He was attacked in almost every way possible, but he was faithful to follow yeah, the course, it, to stay the course that God had given him. And isn't it interesting, if you make an assessment of Paul's life as one of supposedly a great example, which I agree, his life was bouncing around from, you know, he started very religious, very anti-God, thinking he was all for God, and got converted, got saved, whatever you want to call it, converted, I think is the word, and and, and born again and became a great uh, uh apostle of the faith, the truth of Jesus Christ. But look at how his life was ripped around in shipwrecks and beaten how many times and and rejected and people uh, betrayed him. And, you know, and yet at the end of it, he said, I finished my course. I did mm-hmm. what out. And he wasn't making his assessment based on uh, a big, nice $9 million, you know, house or a, or a big anything. He was baking, basing it on knowing, K-N-O-W-I-N-G, that he had done the will of God. And interesting about the will of God and knowing the will of God is that it's not always defined by, or that, you know, being in the will of God isn't always defined by peace and easy circumstances. Obviously, Paul was in the midst of very difficult circumstances, and he didn't judge himself saying, oh, I'm a sinner. I did this wrong. I blew it. It's my fault. I should have taken the left road instead of the right road or whatever. He didn't do a lot of examining of himself. He just kept following the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and that's that's really an example for us too is 
knowing this, that like in Psalm 37, 23, it says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Yeah. Okay. And he delights in his way. And God mm-hmm. delights in our way, right? He enjoys he, our, yeah. our way. <clears throat> Even so, though sometimes we don't. The, but the God steps, is watching over us. Steps yeah. of a good man. Now, some people have, you know, they have a three-year plan and a five-year plan and a 10-year plan. Mm-hmm. and Goals. Mm-hmm. Jesus said sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Yeah. yeah one you know, day at a time. One day at a time, right? One day at a time, Lord Jesus. That's Maybe all sometimes I'm asking of you. One right? minute at a time. Sometimes a it's so intense that you have to just take one breath at a time and determine with that breath, you're going to take the right step. Right. It's like, you know, people that are, you know, minesweepers in the military, if they take the wrong step, they're, they're blowing the smithereens. So you've got to really, well, this world is a minefield, mm-hmm. right? It, it is a minefield. And so it's important for us to say, Lord, I'm just going to take your steps. Now, sometimes it doesn't say, well, I want, I want to know the whole journey. I want to do the journey mm-hmm. in a day. No, it's the steps because sometimes it seems like we're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not working. But if we're just hearing the voice of the Lord, step by step, we're going to be okay. Because Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Well, it's interesting you said that. that this, because there's a lot of people who think they're hearing the voice of God. Actually, when you're talking about divine guidance, you're going to have to be able to discern the voice of the, 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 of the Spirit of God as opposed to the de- deceivers who can also impersonate the Holy Spirit to us. And, and a lot of good Christian people believe that they're hearing God when, in fact, they're hearing the angel of light or the Antichrist spirit who is impersonating the Spirit of God to us. But the way to discern that is not very difficult at all, but you have to stop. You can't just assume that because it sounds religious, it sounds pious, it sounds like something you've taught or been think you heard from the Bible, that it's God. Because a lot of times you have to, the, Jesus said, this is how you discern something, by its fruit. So when you hear something like, um, for example, just a common example, um, I need to get closer to God. Now you say, whoa, that, that really sounds pious. That really oh, sounds yeah. like something we should do, get closer to God. But what it really is, is it's a lie. It's very, it's a very much of a lie because, in fact, God is with us. He's all around us, and he's in us if we're saved. And so you can't get any closer to God. His Holy Spirit is dwelling within you, and you are immersed in God. In his, he's, he's all around. He's everywhere, and he's in us. So how much closer to God can you get? So, so, the, so, so, so it's an implication. If I say and, and believe I have to get closer to God, I'm making an agreement with a liar, with an implication that I need to do something to get closer to God, which is exactly what the devil wants to do. He wants to promote a doing thing. I got to do something to have something to be something. And then we get all anxious because what do I need to do? How do I read my Bible more, go to church more, you know, do more penance, whatever. And so Jesus said again, by their fruits, you shall know them. So if you reduce that down to, I need to get closer to God, reduce it down to what the fruit of it is, it's, it's stress, it's anxiety, and it's a lie. And so therefore, the one who said it is a liar. The truth is not that you need to get closer to God. The truth is you need to realize the presence of God and the revelation of Jesus Christ that's in you right now. And that's, a, that's it. It's a matter of realization, recognition. Revelation. So when somebody says, I want to get closer to God, they may say something, you know, very well-intentioned. They might, they might have a very sincere heart. At the same time, what they're saying is that 
they need to have more of an awareness right uh, of of who he is of his word just so, more focused on um, yeah, because uh, the, on enemy, the Lord, mm-hmm, because the enemy wants to get us through an implication of agreement, an agreement that we make through implication that we are needing to do something. The finished work of Jesus Christ has already been done. We abide in the vine. The vine is a com- is our complete source of nourishment. We've been grafted into Jesus Christ. And how hard is it to be a branch? You know, the, to know the will of God. How does the branch out there know what to do? Well, it just is a branch and it abides in the vine and the vine su- supplies the nourishment. And then out of that comes the life. Out of that comes the blossom, the bud, the fruit, whatever. And so it's it's like... Okay, this is already pretty much taken care of. Now all I have to do is just abide. Really, that's where we get our will of God and the wisdom and the will. We submit our will to the wisdom of God to do what he wants. In John chapter 10, Jesus makes clear that my sheep know my voice. Mm -hmm. They won't follow the voice of strangers. They don't know the voice of strangers. They flee from the voice of strangers because those sheep, literally, you're talking about literal sheep, they get familiar with the voice of the shepherd. They know their the shepherd. voice mm-hmm. of their shepherd. Right. And, um, the, you know, this, some of you may have heard this story years ago. A guy observed uh, out in the Middle East, there were several different flocks. There were several different flocks that came to the watering place all at the same time. And the sheep were all mixed up. They were just, you know, <laughs> they mm-hmm. all the flocks became one mingled. new flock. They mingled. And and the guy was watching this. He thought, "How in the world are these shepherds ever going to sort out their sheep, so you know, so they don't get them all mixed up?" Well, what happened? And after the sheep had uh, uh, been watered, one shepherd went over in one spot away, another shepherd in another direction, another shepherd in another direction, and they they just spoke and called their sheep. And the sheep came and, to them. And each of their yeah. sheep came to, to them. Their shepherd. Well, and you know, that's true. And I think it was very, it's so very simple. Satan wants to make everything very, very complicated. But the truth is we need to know the voice of the shepherd. Well, we do know it from the spirit when we're listening to um, the spirit of God as he ministers and as he uh, reveals himself through to our spirit. For what man, it says, knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. But God has revealed those things to us by his spirit that we might know. That's First Corinthians 2, 9 through 11. So, we can know that we know what we know, but the mind, your mind says, you can't know anything for sure, but your spirit says, I know this. And so this becomes the, the doubt, the double-mindedness. Not only is there decep- deception in the deceiver coming to impersonate the voice of God to us, um, you know, as an angel of light, but not only is there deception, there's also uh, the doubt. Uh, which is it? Is, is, is it this or is it that? You know, because we go with our feelings, we go with what we've learned, we go with what we're taught, you know, the things of God, you know, we, we learn them through the Bible. We read them. We, you know, understand and gain understanding about these things and more knowledge of, you know, the things in the Bible, the stories in the Bible, the people of the Bible, et cetera, et cetera. But the actual spirit of God has taught us to know. And so when, when, we, when he begins to teach us, it's, it's like he's revealing to us what we already know. In our spirit, we already bear witness with the truth. We love the truth. We embrace the truth. We hate sin. We hate injustice. These things are built right into us. So it's not like we have to start from scratch to figure out who we are or where we're going. But there are many, many people, like I said earlier, many you know, groups, ethnic groups, cultures, nations, where people have been taught a certain uh, 
style of, of living and values and things that they do and traditions and whatnot. And a lot of those things are very deceptive because they keep us locked in and keep us away from coming into the place of freedom. And freedom is to be who God created you to be, whether you're German or Swedish or Scandinavian, you know, whatever you're, freedom to be who God calls us to be. And I, with that, we need to have a commitment to truth. And we're built by God to love the truth. And Jesus prayed in John 17 for his disciples. He said, sanctify them through the, through your truth. Your word is truth. In other words, set them apart for me and for my glory through your truth. Your word is truth. Now, and, yes, and, and his word is wisdom too. Yeah, and, and we have the written word. This is one of the the basic way. It's like the template for everything. Right. It's right? the book. It's something that it's the standard, yeah. and we we judge everything. If you have a this is stand, the book. This is have, the map. This is the. <laughs> if you have a standard, say for production, mm-hmm. uh, a machine shop or something, there's a or, certain mm-hmm. standard. This part needs to have this this much tolerance. This and this, and if it's off just a little mm-hmm, bit, mm-hmm. you you're not going to use it. You're going to have to redo it. Well, don't uh, it don't has they to have fit the standard? Don't they have when they have like a, they're fixing a machine or something, a tractor, for example? Don't they have a manual or a car? They're fixed. They have to go by the manual. The what do they call that thing? Oh, the owner's manual. Yeah, but but yeah. see, this is the owner's manual uh, that we own this life, and the manual is the book, the Holy Word of God. And in there, there's and if you want wisdom, you go to the manual. If you want to put it together right, you go to the manual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, there's a tractor um, that I I sold a while back, and it had a not only a owner's manual but a repair manual, mm-hmm. and it had what, what what's called an exploded version of every every part. You can see how every part of that whole tractor, what it was and how it fit together, mm-hmm. right. And that's the way God's word is. is mm-hmm. It's the it's the owner's manual. It's the repair manual. So if mm-hmm. something's out it's of line, we can take care of it. So Second uh, Timothy um, three sixteen and seventeen. All Scripture. That's the, all the written word of God is given by inspiration of God. It's literally God breathed, and it is profitable for doctrine. That's for true teaching, for reproof. Right to call us, kind of call us on the carpet when we need it, mm-hmm. and for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete, mm-hmm. thoroughly equipped for every good work. Mm-hmm. So we have the written word as our primary source of guidance. And then we go to chapter 4 of Proverbs where we look at the the admonition of, of a father to his son. He says in verse 1, Hear, my children, the instructions, uh, instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. So he's talking about getting wisdom and understanding. He says, do not forsake my law. So the law is a guide, uh, a guide to, you know, we know what the law is. The law has been reduced and, and expanded at the same time, um, upgraded to thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And in doing that, you will keep all of the other commandments. Do not forsake my law. When I was a fa- my father's son, tendered and, only in, uh, and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget 
nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. That would be wisdom. Love her, love wisdom, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her. She will promote you. She will bring you honor when you, when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. This is the, the, the quest in this life is for the revelation of Jesus Christ, and that comes through the counsel of wisdom. Wisdom that is not, not demonic, devilish, sensual wisdom. Um, interesting, I had someone not long ago who was telling me about a, a Satanist who had sold his soul to the devil because he wanted worldly wisdom. He wanted, can you imagine wanting worldly wisdom and selling your soul to the devil to get it? And that's what James says. James says the worldly wisdom is demonic. It, it looks good. It sounds good. It seems like it will work. But this wisdom of God doesn't always look like it's going to um, you know, bring you a great gain. And he actually says this wisdom is more precious than rubies. On, in uh, verse uh, chapter 3 of Proverbs 13, he says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding, for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies. Now, who is ever going to beat you up and steal your wisdom? They might steal your rubies. They might steal your fancy tennis shoes, but they are not going to beat you up to steal your wisdom. They will not do that. That you will not be robbed of is your wisdom and counsel and graciousness to love and know and trust and be abide in the peace of God, even in the times of great difficulty. And the priority of the word of God, the written word, is demonstrated over and over and over again in the scriptures. In fact, you think of Psalm 119, it has, it's the longest psalm in the Bible. It has 176 verses, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all about the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. That's really true. And people, you know, they, they have a problem with the Word of God. First of all, sometimes we're just too busy. Sometimes we don't really, have, we have a problem with whether it's the absolute and everything in there is true. Um, because we've got some false teaching and errors that, well, this doesn't make sense it's with that, and there's just too many paradoxes, and, and it's just written by man. complicating, and right. you know. But really, it's it's not at all complicated or paradoxical if you if you allow the Holy Spirit to show you how it fits together. Psalm one nineteen eleven it says, "Your word have I hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you." And then in Psalm one nineteen ninety two it says, "Unless your law had been my delight." I would have perished in my affliction. There it is in a in a time of crisis like we're in right now mm-hmm. in this yeah. world, mm-hmm. deep crisis. The Bible says in the last days perilous times, times will, will come. come. It, it it's it means times where your strength is reduced. That puts pressure on you to reduce your strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's violent times, dangerous times, actually furious. fierce and furious times. Mm-hmm. This is these are the we're living in fierce and furious times, and and he said, well, the psalmist said he said I because and it afflicts us these times afflict us he says mm-hmm. unless your law had been my delight I enjoyed your word I would have perished this would have been just too much for me it would have wrecked me mm-hmm. it would have destroyed me if I didn't have your word and then Psalm one nineteen um, verse one hundred five your word is a lamp to my feet. And a, and a light, light to, to my, my path. And uh, again, back to Proverbs for a second. He says, happy is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. And then he goes on to say what it's going to bring for us. It's going to bring us um, length of days, uh, 
riches and honor, pleasantness, her paths are paths of peace. She's the tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Happy are all those who, who retain her. So we're, we're needing in these very critical days, perilous times, peace and wisdom. We're needing to know that we know what we know. We're knowing that we're not going to be pushed around uh, by every wind of doctrine. We're going, our roots are set in, D, in Jesus Christ. We're grafted into the vine and that he is with us and that we are with him and he is going to see us through this thing. So as we go through these days, I, two recommendations urgent recommendations that you get back into the Bible, get back into the Word of God, read what it says, and don't just, uh, going back to what why people don't read it for one second, because they don't have time and they don't understand it or they don't get it. Ask the Holy Spirit. You've got the Holy Spirit inside of you. Why don't you get him busy doing something for you instead of letting him twiddle his thumbs while you fret and wring your hands? Get him, say, Holy Spirit, I don't get this. Please let me understand. He is no respecter of persons. He loves you as much as he loves anybody else. And you say, Lord, please show me what this means. Ask. A problem is Jesus, God said, you you have not because you ask not. I know we ask a lot of times when we ask amiss. We ask for things and we don't get them. But we have to ask. Ask for wisdom. He said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and does not abrade. He doesn't scold us for asking for wisdom. Say, Lord, I please, I need to understand this. You need to understand the word of God, and it will guide you. And let the Holy Spirit inside of you, through your spirit, listen to your spirit man, not your flesh or soul man, and and seek God in these perilous times. So, Father, we should thank you so much for uh, giving us your divine guidance. You said you would never leave us or forsake us. You'll not leave us orphans. You have promised us wisdom, and uh, the, the treasures of wisdom are hidden in Christ Jesus, Lord God. And by the power of your generosity, you've given us the Holy Spirit to share those understandings with us. I pray that you'd encourage us, that we would not become anxious and, and, and weary, that we would not be overwhelmed, that we'd walk in the power and the counsel of your love in these days, because we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Thank you, Lord God, for leading us. We trust you and we rest in you. We look to you that uh, all our decisions will be established by you, Father God, because your purpose is being fulfilled through us day by day, even mm-hmm. in the most uh, unusual ways and even in the most frustrating ways. Sometimes we look to you. We trust no matter what's going. We mm-hmm. trust and we rest in your guidance. And yes, you, You're going to guide us with your counsel. And your word says, and then afterward, you will receive us to glory. Into glory. Father God, we keep us in that place of joy and rejoicing, praising you and thanking you for every day, every breath, every protection, every promise kept. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.